Well, praise the Lord this morning. Amen. And good morning to everybody. Praise God. Glory to God in the highest. Amen. Amen. We give God praise on today. Amen. As we um, come forward today uh, with simply a desire to share the word of God um, and to encourage one another in the Lord. Amen. Um, you know, the Bible talks about how David encouraged himself in God. And certainly that's important, you know, because there are times when we don't have, or we may not have, people around us in a particular time of need who could encourage us. And so it's important that we know how to encourage ourselves in the Lord. Amen. But how many of you know it's a blessing to have others encourage us? Amen. That's why we're part of a body. That's why the Bible says, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together, uh, because two are better than one, right? Amen. And a threefold cord is not easily broken. And so when we can encourage each other in God, when we can pray for one another and support one another, then we're stronger together than we could ever be apart. Amen. And so... You know, I, I'm grateful for the opportunity to come this morning and um, be a part of the mutual encouragement, God bless you, the mutual encouragement that we can get, amen, from God, amen. Yeah, amen. And so we praise God for it on this Sunday morning. Um, today, uh, we're going to continue where we were last week, where we were talking about demolishing strongholds. Um, so we're going to continue with that. And it's, it's, this is so important for us um, because strongholds are real yeah. and they exist. And, and, and they are one of the main reasons why so many born-again believers are living below their privileges in God, uh, where they're not experiencing the victory that they truly have in God and that they're not seeing the promises of God in their lives. Amen. It's because of the existence of strongholds. And so it's so important then for us to come against these strongholds and demolish these strongholds so that we can have the type of life God wants us to have and be who God wants us to be and accomplish what he has called us to do. Yeah. And so we're going to continue today in talking about demolishing strongholds. We started last week and we're going to go back to our foundational scripture from last week, which is 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And we're going to read verses 3 through 5. So if you have your Bibles, that's where we're going. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And we're going to read verses 3 through 5. And I'll be reading in the King James Version. And there it says this. It says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. 
So that's our foundation, our foundational scripture. And we're going to um, get back into the Word of God today and demolishing strongholds. Let's pray today together. Father, we bless your name. Glory to God. Yes, we just God. thank you, Lord. Thank you, this is the day that the Lord has made, and we shall rejoice and be glad in it. Yes. And Father, we are thankful that as we do, the joy of the Lord is our strength. And so we are strengthened to go forward on this Christian journey with you. Father, we ask you right now, God, to inhabit this place. Father, move by your spirit in the yes, name of Jesus. Lord, yes. Open our eyes, our ears, and our hearts to receive all that you have for us. And Father, guide us in the way everlasting. Father yes, God, Lord. break forth your word now. Feed us the bread of life. And Father, we thank you that as you do it, we shall be strengthened in our spirit, man. And Father God, we will be encouraged and, and, and Father, fully equipped yes. to do what you are calling us to do. Father, I thank you right now for the opportunity to share your word with your people. Use me for your glory. Yes, God, I Father. decrease that you might increase. And Father, all the praise we give unto you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, so we're talking about demolishing strongholds. And, you know, we started last week, you know, just in terms of the definition of a stronghold. And speaking naturally, we talked about a stronghold being a, a place that has been fortified to protect it against attacks from the enemy. And strongholds exist in the Bible. We see them plenty of times in the Old Testament where strongholds were built around a city to protect that city from enemy attack. Yeah. Um, and so in the natural, that's what strongholds are. Fortified places, usually tall walls, strong walls, fortified walls that are erected to protect the city or a place from enemy attack. Spiritually though, we said that, that strongholds are a mindset or a thought process that hinders our growth and development. So spiritually speaking, that's what a stronghold is. Yeah. It's a mindset, it's a thought process that hinders our growth and our development. Um, strongholds are ways of thinking that truly are the result of lies and accusations and deceptions that are planted in our minds by Satan, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And after he plants these lies and, and accusations and deceptions, he then builds up these fortified walls yes. to try to keep the truth of God's word out yeah. mm -hmm. so that we cannot, you know, live in the truth. He wants us to live according to a lie and a false accusation and a deception. So he builds up the walls after he plants these thoughts because he wants to keep out the truth of God's word. Because he doesn't want us to uh, find God uh, and to find and, and know about God and all that he is. Okay. And so once these walls then are built up, these lies and these deceptions and these false accusations can run around loose yeah. right, in our minds right, because the truth is being kept out and then as they run around loose it leads us to all kinds of unhealth 
unhealthy thought patterns and it leads us into habitual sins that we try to, we struggle with, but we never can seem to overcome. Yeah. And the reason why is because these things have a strong grip on us, a strong hold on us. Amen. Because of the strongholds that have been erected by Satan. And we said, and we spoke last week so that we could be at a place where we're prepared for deliverance. And that place is a place called honesty. Yeah. And in that place called honesty, we have to acknowledge that we all have strongholds. If there's anyone who's walking around and say, I don't have any strongholds, what they're really saying is my thought life is pure. Mm -hmm. I have no issues. But if we're going to be honest and place ourselves in the pathway of deliverance, then we'll acknowledge, I have strongholds. Yes. Amen. And, and there's no shame in that. There's, there's no more shame in saying I have strongholds than there is shame in saying I need Jesus. Mm -hmm. Amen. And how many people need Jesus? Amen. Amen. And so, so there's no shame in it. And the devil wants us to deny the existence of strongholds so that we can remain in bondage. But the devil is a liar. Amen. Right. And we don't follow after him. And so some examples of strongholds. Amen. Again, these unhealthy ways of thinking, this mindset, these thought processes that hinder our growth and development. Pride, right? mm -hmm. self-righteousness, stubbornness, judgmental attitudes, mm -hmm. right? unforgiving nature, critical spirit. Fear is a stronghold that many people have. Fear of getting out of the boat. Fear of trying something new, right? Fear uh, is a stronghold. Insecurity. Some people are insecure about who they are. It's a stronghold. Um, inferiority. Inferiority complex. Rejection. Bitterness. Blaming other people for your problems or your shortcomings or, you know, your, your situation or circumstance. Envy and covetousness, wanting what somebody else has, hating on other people because they're successful, stronghold, mm -hmm. uh, having a controlling spirit, right? Always have to be on top of somebody, micromanaging people, can't let people just be who they are. Yes. You've got to try to control yeah. them. That's a stronghold. Uh, revenge, got to get people back. You did that to me, I'm going to get you back. Mm. Suspicion. Can't trust people because something happened to you in your past and the devil told you that's why you can't trust people. So now you're suspicious of everything. Somebody treats you nice. Somebody compliments you on the way you look. And why are you saying that? Yeah. You're like, you can't even receive it, right? Mm -hmm. It's a stronghold. Anger is a big stronghold. Amen. Um, complaining spirit is a stronghold. Profanity, stronghold. Christians walking around cursing like sailors. Amen. Jesus. Don't want to, but just can't seem to break it. Yeah. Right? Because it's a stronghold. Satan has planted these things in their minds and their heart. Uh, lying and exaggeration. People can't even tell the truth. Amen. Uh, pornography. Adultery. Fornication. Yes. Addictions of all kinds. Alcohol. You know, 
drugs, right? Addictions to even other things that are psychological, right? Like some people are, are, are addicted to, you know, the, the idea of success or somehow people being approving them, always looking for approval and all kinds of things. A lot of these things, and this is not an exhaustive list, yeah. it's just an example that these things are strongholds, right? They're strongholds, and we all have them. Now, according to the scripture we read today in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, it says that the weapons, and this is the good thing about it, glory to God. The good news is, yeah, we may all have strongholds, but the good news is we also have weapons to destroy them, yeah. right? Because the Bible says that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. But, but, but we have weapons that are mighty through God. And they're mighty through God for a purpose. And it says in 2 Corinthians 10, um, verse number 4, that, that the purpose is to pull down strongholds. Yeah. To overcome these strongholds, to overthrow them, to destroy them, to demolish yes. them. Yeah. So yes, we have strongholds. But the good news is we have weapons as child, as children of God to demolish these yeah. strongholds. Yeah. But notice what it says, that they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, right? So what does that mean? They're not natural weapons. And so we can't come against strongholds. Some of these things we were talking about, these habits, these ways of thinking. We can't come against these strongholds with natural weapons. We can't come, for example, with our willpower. How many of us have been in, you know, dealing with something, struggling with something, and we try to break that chain through our willpower? Yeah. We just say, I'm not going to do that anymore. Or we come up with some approach that, yeah. quote unquote, makes sense. Amen. Right? We may enjoy some success for a time. But before long, because we're fighting with the wrong, wrong weapons, yeah. that stronghold you know, presents itself again. We find ourselves right back into that situation, yes. right? Because we're using the wrong weapons. So we can't expect to get supernatural results using natural weapons. Yes. It's time out for that kind of living. One of the things that God has really been impressing upon us as we have moved into 2021, and it's, you know, it's been the foundation of our Bible study, and it's been the foundation of what God has been preaching here on Sunday mornings, is that we have to live by faith. We have to live by faith. You know, we are children of God. Yes. And we have been recreated in God to be spirit-led beings, right? As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Yeah. And so it's not about going about our lives using natural weapons. And so it's not about our willpower. It's not about our ingenuity. It's not about our education. It's not about any of those things yeah. that are going to help us in the spiritual battle that we have Right? which includes the pulling down of strongholds. We can't use natural weapons. We have to use weapons that are mighty through God 
That means these are God's weapons, right? That allow us, right, to wage spiritual battle and spiritual warfare because God's weapons are spiritual. Jesus said, when talking to the woman at the well, he says, God is a spirit. Amen. Right? Mm -hmm. God is a spirit. And they that worship him, right, must worship him in spirit, spirit and in truth. Right? But God is a spirit. And everything that comes from God is spiritual. Yeah. Amen. Yes, he created natural things, but he's a spirit. Amen. And so his weapons are spiritual weapons. Those are the things we have to use in this spiritual battle uh, against strongholds. And so we talked about the armor of God, putting on the whole armor of God, right? Um, we talked about the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. Uh, you know, for some Christians, they believe those are things that make them into good people. No, no, no. These are weapons. Love is a powerful spiritual force, right? How do we know? Because love never fails. Amen. Amen. Joy is a spiritual force because the joy of the Lord is our strength. Amen. Peace is a spiritual force. How do we know? Right? Because peace, the peace of God can guard our hearts and our minds. Right? Even long-suffering, yes. which is another word for patience or perseverance, is a spiritual force. Yeah. The writer of Hebrews says that we inherit the promise through faith and patience. Amen. So patience, long-suffering, is a spiritual force. Yeah. Goodness and gentleness is a spiritual force. Why? Because when, we're, when we exhibit goodness and when we experience, uh, exhibit gentleness, we're experiencing the heart of God. Amen. And we are praising God by how we live. Amen. How many of you know that, that, that praising God is not something that we just do when we sing and clap our hands? Yes. Right? And, and, and the, the, the psalmist says that God inhabits the praises of his people. Yes. But we can praise God by singing songs. But we also can praise God by how we live. Yeah. So in other words, praising God doesn't simply come from our lips. It comes from our lives. Amen. Right. And so when we demonstrate the goodness of God and when we demonstrate the gentleness of God and the heart of God, we're... we're Showing forth the praises of God. Yes. And God inhabits that praise. And so through your goodness and through the expression of your gentleness toward people, God shows up. Amen. Yes. And now you can yes. see the force, the spiritual force of goodness and gentleness. Right? Faith, obviously, a fruit of the Spirit. We have to live by faith. That's a force, right? Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Yes. Meekness, strength under control. Amen. What good is it to be strong if you can't control it? Amen. Amen. Strength under control. That's what meekness is. That's a spiritual force. And then, of course, temperance, which is self-control. How many people can testify that some of the problems and issues that you've had in your life are traced back to a lack of self-control? Yes, indeed. You couldn't control yourself. Amen. You got into a situation of all kinds. You expressed anger. You said a thing. You did a thing, right? And you knew better, but you couldn't control yourself, right? right? Temperance is a spiritual force that can keep us from making those types of mistakes. Yeah. So the fruit of the Spirit, when you look at them, they're not things that make us into good people. I mean, they do. That's a byproduct of it. But these are weapons that we can use 
in our spiritual warfare. Mm -hmm. Repentance is another spiritual weapon, right? And not just feeling sorry, but turning away from the wrong conduct and turning back to God, right? That's what repentance is. A repentance requires a return. Yes. So, so here we are, if we're doing something we're not supposed to be doing, when we repent, we're not just sorry for it. Some people are sorry because they get caught. Some people are sorry because they have to suffer the consequences. That's not repentance, right? The Bible says godly sorrow leads to repentance. And so when, when we're really sorry for what we've done, godly sorry, yes. then we not only are sorry, but we turn from that conduct and we turn to God and his ways of doing. You know, when Jesus said, um, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you, the Amplified Version says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and it defines that as his way of doing and being right. And so when we repent, we turn from our way of doing yes. and go back to his way of doing and being right. But it requires a return. And so that's a spiritual weapon. So the armor of God, the fruit of the spirit, repentance, walking in the spirit, letting the spirit lead you. Yes. Right? Letting the spirit lead you. Um, Paul said in, in Galatians 5 and 16, as many, he said, uh, uh, this I say then, walk in the spirit and ye shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Yes. See, because the spirit is never going to lead you into fleshly desires. Amen? Amen. The spirit is in tune with God. He's only going to tell you what he hears. That's what Jesus says as part of his ministry. Amen. And he's going to lead us in the things of God. So if we walk in the spirit, we won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Amen. Amen. So these are some of our spiritual weapons. But let's just say this. All of these things, putting on the armor of God, uh, letting the fruit of the Spirit develop in our lives, yes. true repentance, um, walking in the Spirit, all of these things come back to obedience. <laughs> yeah. right? And I know that's not a word that we typically embrace. But how many of you know it is it is it is a matter of life and death of obeying God. Yeah. Amen. We have to obey God. Uh we need to obey God. Um you know the the uh, in Psalm 119 the psalmist says uh thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against yes. you. Right. So, it, you know, we have to obey God, put his word on our heart and follow that word yes. that we might not sin. It also says in Psalm 119, it says, how did a young man cleanse his way? And it says, by paying heed thereto according to the word of God. Yes. Paying heed means you listen, you follow, you obey. Amen. Yes. And so we have to have the word in our heart and then we have to follow it. We have Amen. to obey it. Because then we can cleanse our lives from the mess 
that we find ourselves in. How many people can, can be honest before the Lord, amen, and just lift up their hands and say, you know what, I got some mess in my life right about mm -hmm. now. Well, well, if we have mess in our lives in whatever area and whatever degree of mess, right, my mess may be bigger than your mess and your mess may be bigger than his mess, but we're not here to measure mess, amen. We're just here to, <laughs> yes. to admit that we have some mess, right? Amen. But how do we cleanse the mess? by paying heed thereto according to the word of God. We're going to cleanse the mess by obeying. Amen? Amen. But these are our spiritual weapons. And so um, we want to get to the point where if God says put on the armor, what good is to know that if we don't do that? Obedience helps us to do that. Yes. When, when God wants to develop the fruit of the Spirit in our lives, what good is it to know the fruit of the Spirit if we don't allow for the development of it? We have Amen. to do it. So we have to obey. Amen. We have to obey. Now, strongholds are these, these, uh, these fortified walls that we were talking about. And spiritually speaking, we're talking about these mindsets. And then Satan erects the wall to keep the truth out, right? But 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 the strongholds are erected in our minds. Right? That's where that's the battleground. And we know yes. this, right? Amen. Years ago, I think Joyce Meyer wrote a book called The Battlefield of the Mind. And other, you know, anointed and and uh preachers and teachers have written about the battle for our minds. Amen. Amen. But that's where strongholds are. And if we go back to the scripture, it says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty uh, through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And then it goes and says, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Yeah. This lets us know the, this, is, this is the problem, right? The strongholds are protecting these walls that Satan builds up to keep the truth out. Mm -hmm. is, is, he's looking to protect imaginations, right? Which is all kinds of thoughts. And it says every high thing, lofty yeah. opinions, mm -hmm. right? Um, and then... It also says we have to bring into captivity every thought, which means that these thoughts are just running rampant and loose and there's no resistance to them because God's word is being kept out. And so the, the strongholds are a, a function of trying to protect things that Satan has planted in our minds. Sophisticated arguments. Some versions say human reasonings, lofty opinions, mm -hmm. right? All these things that are the result of lies and accusations and deceptions from Satan. Now, you know, it's an interesting thing that once we begin to talk about Satan and we mention the devil, many people check out. Even believers, yeah. they're like, okay, you know, because that's like superstition or that's like fairy tale. That's like, you know, pitchfork and red horns and, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, yeah, yeah. People check out, 
when you start talking about Satan and the devil. They don't want to hear that. They rather believe that their struggles that they're having with strongholds can be overcome by willpower, by knowledge, by learning, right? Yes. That these are just issues that I have, that if I just stop doing this, that, or the other, I'll be good. But they don't want to acknowledge that this is the work of the enemy. And for some Christians, they don't want to believe that the enemy has any influence in their life because they believe that that's an admission of somehow not being a good Christian mm -hmm. or not of somehow being weak. And so they don't want to acknowledge that the devil is Jesus, operating in Jesus, their life. Jesus. But if we can turn to Ephesians chapter 6, we were there a couple of weeks ago. We just want to go there again when it talks about the armor of God. In verse 10, it tells us to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, in the power of God's might. Amen. And then verse 11 says, put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Right? So put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand. Another way of thinking about standing is about resisting. Yes. That we may be able to resist the devil. Yeah. And not just the devil, but it says resist or stand against the wiles of the devil, mm -hmm. the schemes of the devil, the strategies of the devil, the tactics of the devil, yeah. the plots and the plans of the devil, the evil tricks of the devil. Yes. The devil is deceptive. And the Bible says that we need the armor to stand against these evil tricks of the devil. And one of the biggest evil tricks that the devil has played on people is to convince them that he doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. Because if people believe that the devil doesn't exist, then they won't resist him. If, if you believe the devil doesn't exist, then you won't fight against him. Yeah. If you believe the devil doesn't exist, then you think your problems are man-made. Mm -hmm. Right? And then maybe it's something you've done, and maybe it's something other people have done against you. Next thing you know, what are you doing? You're fighting against flesh and blood. Jesus. Right? You're dealing with flesh and blood. And so one of the biggest tricks the enemy has played on people mm -hmm. is to convince him, us, or try to convince us, that he doesn't exist. Right? That he doesn't exist. But see, the Bible tells us that the devil exists. Why? You see it right here. We need to put on whole armor so that we can stand against the wiles of the devil. The Bible tells us that the devil tempted Jesus in the wilderness. Amen? And so it's in the word of God, but that doesn't mean the devil's not trying to convince people that this is all right. some made-up stuff. Mm -hmm. So, so we, we, we have to be clear to not check out when we start talking about the things that Satan is doing and the way he's trying to operate in our lives. And he's doing this, yeah, because he doesn't like you or he may not even hate you, but the reason why he's really doing this is because he hates God. Yeah. And he doesn't want to see God get any glory out of your life. And so if he can plant some lies and accusations in your mind and then build up strongholds that ultimately bring you down, it's going to bring God down. Yes. Right? It's going to steal God's glory. And God says he created you for his glory. Yes. He created Amen. you 
so that his goodness can be revealed in your life. But the devil says, but if I can trap you and get strongholds built in your life and bring you down, then God gets no glory out of you. How many preachers who were doing great things got lifted up in pride because of a stronghold and now instead of their lives bringing glory to God, people are going, tsk, tsk, tsk. Look at what happened to him. Look at what happened to her. He stole God's glory by bringing down one of God's people. Jesus. That's what he's after. Amen. That's what he's after. And so we're not going to be, you know, fall for this. The devil doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. Paul told the church uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, he said that in, in, in verse 2, uh, verse uh, Chapter 2, 2 Corinthians 2, verse 11. He, he, he let us know that Satan is always looking to get the advantage over us. He's always looking to outsmart us. And so Paul warned the church, and he warns us, that we therefore should not be ignorant of his devices. Yes. Amen. He's always trying to outsmart us. He's always trying to get the advantage over us. And we're warned not to be ignorant of Satan's devices. Amen. Satan is after our minds. Amen. He's after our minds so that he can erect these strongholds in our minds that will ruin our relationship with God yes. and ruin our lives. That's it. Mm -hmm. Amen. That's why he's building them. Right? But again, we have weapons to come against it. So, but they're God's weapons, amen? And we amen. have to utilize them. But before we can utilize them and be dedicated to utilizing them, we have to understand and appreciate how, how, how very serious this whole thing is. This is not make-believe. This is not pretend. A lot of the struggles that you have, that I have, that we have, are the result of strongholds. Yes. And it's time for those strongholds to come down. Come on, somebody. Amen. It's time for those strongholds to come down. We're not playing games anymore. Amen? Amen. We're not going to be in denial anymore. Right? We're going to come clean with God and come clean with ourselves. Jesus. And we're going to stop playing around. We're going to live by faith. We're going to obey God to a greater extent. Amen. Amen. And we're going to see these strongholds come yes. down so that we can be who God has called us to be and do the great things that he's called us to do. In the earth, amen. But it's a battle for our minds, amen. And why is it such a battle for the mind? Why does Satan want a battle for our minds? Well, Proverbs 23 and 7, right? As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. As a woman thinketh in her heart, so is she, amen. Mm -hmm. That's what happens. As we think, that's who we are. Why is that the case, though? I know we say that, but you ever stop to think why that's the case? Why is it that based on what you think, that's what you are? Mm. Why is that? Well, let's think about it from this standpoint. Again, in the spirit, right? We're not dealing with right in the spirit. Everything we do, everything we say, and everything we think is a seed. Yes. Right? Everything. Everything we do, everything we say, everything we think is a seed. 
And if you go back to the book of Genesis, chapter 1, you look in verse 11 and 12, God talks about fruit-bearing trees and herb-bearing plants, right? And he said that, that, that both the herbs and, and the fruit will have seed, right? There'll be herb-bearing seed, there'll be fruit-bearing seed. Mm -hmm. And one of the things God has done with seed is that he has made seed, and it says it right there in Genesis, to produce after its own kind. Yes. Right? That's what seed does. Yes. Seed produces after its own kind. In the natural, apple seeds produce apples, grapes produce grapes, figs produce figs. Amen? Yes. They don't produce things that are different from the character of the seed. Seed reproduces after its own kind. So now, if every thought is a seed, mm. then you understand that if you plant good thoughts in your mind, then you will have good things in your life. Because why? Because that seed will reproduce. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But if you plant a corrupt seed, you're going to have some corrupt things in your life. Why? Because that seed is going to reproduce after its own kind. Yeah. That's why you can't believe that you'll get something positive from a negative seed that you allow to be mm -hmm. planted in your soul. And your soul and your mind are part of your soul, right? Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions, right? And so we have to plant the right seed. In the parable of the sower, in Luke's gospel, chapter 8, verse 11, Jesus explained that the seed, that's part of this parable of the sower, is the word of God. So the word of God is a seed. Amen. And so we want to plant that seed in our, in our mind, right? That's what we want to be thinking. Because as a man thinks, as a woman thinks, so is she. Amen. So, we, we plant the seed. And then what happens after the seed is planted? Well, the Bible says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Yeah. So, it's gonna, we got to be really careful of what we allow to be planted in our minds. Because what's in our minds then essentially comes down into the center of us, which is the heart of a man, the heart of a woman. Not this beating thing, this blood pumping thing. The heart is the center of us. Yes. And so when we plant something in our head and we think about it enough, it gets into the center of our being. You ever get something in your heart and nobody can take it out of you? Like you just know you're going to do something because that thing's in your heart. And people can come and say things, or you can't graduate from college, you can't start a business, you can't do this, and you're not even persuaded in the slightest. Why? Because that thing's in your heart. When something gets in your heart, oh man, that thing becomes a settled thing, right? Mm -hmm. And so you think something, you think about it long enough, it can then get into your heart. Which is why the writer of Proverbs says, guard your heart with all diligence. Why? For out of it flows the issues of life. Right? Because, see, you think it, it gets into your heart, and then what? It says, out of the abundance of the heart, your mouth speaks. Why is that important? Because we're made in the image and likeness of God. Amen. And God speaks things into existence. Yes. God calls things that be not as though they were. Yes. So we now see how important it is to think the right things because it'll get in our heart, it'll come out of our mouths, 
and then we bring it to pass. Amen. Right? So I thank God, godly thoughts. Godly thoughts are in my heart in abundance. I speak forth godly words. What will I have in my life? Godly things. Amen. But the opposite is true as well. I have some ungodly things up here. They get in my heart in abundance. I speak them out. And now next thing you know, I got all kinds of mess in my life. <laughs> See, that's why Satan's after your mind. Because he knows that is how it all starts. Mm -hmm. Right? That's how it all starts. David was supposed to be out at war. <laughs> yeah. He went up on the roof. He saw Bathsheba. Mm -hmm. He started thinking. <laughs> yeah. The rest is history. Amen. The rest is history. <laughs> Amen. He saw Bathsheba and he started thinking. <laughs> yep. Amen. And this had long-term effects for his whole family. Yes. Right? God said the sword is never going to leave your house. Jesus. Right? Jesus, because Jesus. they had the child. The child died. And God told him, the sword is never going yes, to leave your house. Jesus. And then it was all this infighting. Absalom comes yes. against David. And all. Why? Because it started with a thought. Jesus. He looked at Bathsheba and said, mm, mm, mm. <laughs> So we have to be careful. So Amen. if Satan is after our minds, and he is, I'm not saying that as if that's an open question. If Satan is after our minds, then you and I must be vigilant in protecting our thought life. Yes. Amen. We have to be vigilant in protecting our thought life. And so we're going to close with something here. Amen. Let's go to James chapter 4. James chapter 4. And let's look at verse 7. Um, for it says in James chapter 4, verse 7. It says, Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Yeah. And so, first of all, we need to understand that before you, you and I can resist the devil, we first have to submit to God. Mm -hmm. Don't try to resist the devil without submitting to God first. Yes. Amen. Sons of Sceva tried that. Yes. Amen. If you look in the book of Acts, the sons of Sceva tried to resist the devil and the devil chased them down the street. Yes, indeed. But naked. Amen. Exposed, in other words. Amen. You and I try to resist the devil without submitting to God first, we'll get exposed. Amen. Wow. We don't want to do that. So we submit to God. And how many of you know submission? Again, we talk about obedience. That's not a word that we tend to embrace. Amen. Um, we also now are talking about submission. We don't tend to embrace that word. But here's the thing. If we submit to God, we won't have to submit to anything else in this earth. Jesus. Amen. If we submit to God, we won't have to submit to anything else in this earth. We won't have to submit to debt. We won't have to submit Amen. to fear. We won't Amen. have to submit to sickness. We won't have to submit to depression. We won't have to submit to anything that the enemy tries to throw against us if we first submit to God. Because once we submit to God, now he infuses us with all his power. Amen. Jesus. So we submit to God. It says, submit yourselves, therefore, unto God. And then, after doing that, 
resist the devil. So, since Satan is after our minds, and he's looking to plant in our minds in, in this effort to build strongholds in us, and since he's after our minds, and he's plant, he wants to plant lies and accusations and deceptions there, we are not doing what the Bible calls us to do if we simply try to ignore what he's saying. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's not resistance. So if an evil thought comes into your mind, we can't simply say, ah, say, I ain't paying you no mind. <laughs> That's not resistance. Right. Right? Man. If he tries to tell you, ah, I'm not, ah, I'm not even giving that another thought. You may not give it another thought for now, but Satan always comes back. Yes, he does. See, Egypt is, in the Bible, a type of the devil. Jesus. Pharaoh let the people go, didn't he? Yeah. And then, what did he do? He came after them again. Yeah. The devil always comes back. In, in the Gospels, Jesus talks about how the devil gets evicted from a man, then he goes around wow, walking yes. in dry places and finding no place where to live. He comes back yes. with seven yes. other demons, yes. and the fall of that man is greater than the first time. The enemy always comes back. And so you can try to ignore a thought for now. He's coming back. The Bible even says that when Satan tempted Jesus and he resisted him with the word of God, it says Satan left from Jesus for a season. Why? Because he's going to come back. So we can't simply ignore the thought because the thought is going to come back. Amen. We have to fight thoughts with thoughts. Amen. We have to fight thoughts with thoughts. We, we, we have to fight words with words. Amen. And because our weapons are not carnal, but they're mighty through God, we fight with spiritual weapons, right? And so when Satan tries to plant a thought in our mind, if we're going to resist it, we counter his evil thoughts with a holy thought from God. We counter his lies with the truth. We counter his words with God's word. That's how we resist. We don't resist by saying, I'm not paying attention to that. We have to be active in this yes. if we're going Amen. to overcome. Amen. Now, I'm just going to read real quickly from the message version, James chapter 4. Um, James chapter 4, verse 7 uh, and 8. It says, so let God work his will in you. Watch this. It says, yell a loud no to the devil Amen. and watch him scamper. So you hear that? Yell a loud no to the devil. When the devil tells you and tries to plant something in your head, you yell a loud no to him. You let him know, ain't happening over here, right? I'm a child of the most high, right? I'm the head and not the tail. What you're calling me to do is beneath me. Yeah. Glory to God, amen. amen. People aren't beneath you, but the devil is because he's supposed to be under your feet. Amen. And so when he tries to say something to you, say, devil, you're beneath me. 
I'm not doing that. Amen. He wants you to tell somebody off. No, you're going to speak blessings and not cursings. Amen. He wants you to get somebody back. You go, no, I'm going to forgive them. Amen. I'm not looking to get revenge. Yeah. Vengeance belongs to my God. Right. We have to fight back when he plants these things. And so how do we do it? Watch this. He says that we yell a loud no to the devil. This is not some passive activity, amen? amen? We have to be active. We yell a loud no to the devil and watch him scamper. And then watch this. But we can say a quiet yes to God, uh, and he'll be there in no time. Yeah. Glory to God, amen? amen. So, so, so you see, we, we, we have to, to, to yell a loud no to the devil and say a quiet yes to God. Amen. And how do we say a quiet yes to God? By obeying him. How do we say a quiet yes to God? By paying heed according to his word. How do we say a quiet yes to God? By truly repenting in godly sorrow and returning to his way of yes. doing and being right. Glory to God in heaven. This is what we have to do. Amen. But it's an active thing. Warfare is not some passive activity. It's an engagement, amen, that God wants us and has called us to be involved in using the right weapons, amen, amen. using the right weapons. And so we have to be active, amen, and so much of this comes back to the word of God, right, because Satan is using words, but we have words too, and our words are powerful, more powerful than his. Because yes. his words are lies. Amen. And if we are following the word of God, we're following truth. Amen. Amen. And Jesus said, you know, if if you know if you continue with me, you will be my disciples. Amen. Right? Amen. And you will know the truth. And the truth will do what? It will make you free. Right? But if you know the truth, <laughs> amen. He said, You will know the truth. And the truth that you know will make you free. Yes. But what's the truth that we know? The truth that we know is the truth that we do. Right? If we're not Amen. doing the truth, living by the truth, then we really don't know it. Right? Right. The truth that we know is the truth that we do. That's obedience. And the truth that we do will make us free. Amen. Now, if I can just take two minutes, amen, and then we'll leave out of here. Um, you know, we talk about the word of God being a seed, and it is. Right, everything we do, you know, everything we say, everything we think is a seed. And Jesus said that His Word, that God's Word, is a seed. Mm -hmm. And how many of you know that that God's Word is anointed? Yes. God's Word is anointed. And there, there's a lot of, I think, Amen. Um, what do you say? Misinformation, confusion, or whatever spookiness concerning the anointing. People think that, you know, folk who are talented, that anointing is another word for talented. It's not. Amen. Amen. It's not. You know, if somebody sings real good, we go, oh, she's so anointed. No, she's talented. She may not be anointed. She's talented. Amen. Um, how do you know when someone's anointed? Because things change. <laughs> Glory to God. The anointing changes things. Amen. Amen. But, but see, God's word is anointed. Why? Because because Jesus is the Word, Amen. And 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 Jesus is anointed. In fact, Jesus Christ, Christ means in the Greek, Christ means the anointed one. Mm -hmm. And so the Word is anointed. 
I'm just going to read something to you real quickly. This is in Isaiah chapter 10. And this was God talking to his people about the Assyrians who were oppressing the people. And God said, yeah, they're going to oppress you for a time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you've been oppressed and they've done some things to you. And, and you, know, um, you know, but God said, it's going to come to an end. And in Isaiah chapter 10, verse 27, mm -hmm. it says, And it shall come to pass in that day that his burden, talking about the burden put on the people by the Assyrians, shall be taken away from off thy shoulder and his yoke from off thy neck and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Yeah. And so the anointing and the anointed word of God, when we speak the word of God against the devil, we're speaking anointed things. Amen. And the anointing, as we see here in Isaiah 10 and 27, removes burdens from off our shoulders and destroys the devil's yoke from off our neck. How many people need burdens removed from their life? How many people need to be free from the yoke of bondage that Satan has them in, in one form or another, right? How is that going to be destroyed? By our willpower, by our eloquence, by our education, by our good deeds? No, it's going to be removed. The burdens are going to be removed. The yokes are going to be destroyed yes, yes. by the anointing. And the anointing for us, we're all anointed. We don't have time to go into it, but uh, in First John, it tells us, in First John, the second chapter, I think it's second, First John 2 and 20, it says we're all anointed by the Holy One. Amen. Amen. And in Second Corinthians 1, um, it also tells us that we're anointed. Amen. Right? We're Christians. Christ means the anointed one. And we're Christians. We're little anointed ones. Amen. So we're anointed. Amen. Jesus. But the word of God, who is Jesus Christ, is the source of the anointing. Yeah. And so when we fight back Satan mm. using the spiritual weapons that we have, including the word of God, we are operating in the anointing and the anointing removes burdens and destroys yokes. Amen. And so some of those things that have us yoked up and have and placed burdens on our lives mm -hmm. are the strongholds that Satan has erected in our lives. But we can destroy them through the anointing. Amen. Yes. And so um, we can demolish strongholds, praise God. And we're in the process right now of demolishing the strongholds in our lives. And it's going to be an ongoing battle. It's never going to be a thing that you do and you can go... I'm done because the devil always comes back. Amen? Amen. We're going to be vigilant. We're going to be diligent. We're going to encourage each other, as we said at the top, about encouraging each other in the Lord. Mm -hmm. And we're going to break free from uh, these destructive forces that Satan has erected in our lives. Amen? Amen. Amen. Glory to God. And so that's where we are. We are in the process, amen, of destroying demolishing, wiping out completely yes. the strongholds in our lives. Amen. Amen. How many of you believe Amen. that? Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's pray today. Amen. And 
thank God for his word. Father, we bless you for your word today. We thank you, God, for the truth that you have spoken into our spirit. We're praying now, God, that this word will take root in us, O God, and that the Holy Spirit will water this word lavishly, O God, that it may spring forth in our lives and bring forth an abundant harvest of goodness in the name of Jesus Jesus. Christ. This is good seed, God, that you've planted in us. Now, Father, let it bring forth good fruit. And Father, we just thank you for it in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, we lift up our hands and we just bless you, Lord, because you're good. We bless you, God, because you're faithful. We bless you, Lord, because you're kind. We bless you, Lord, because you are mindful of us down to the smallest detail. And God, you are working things together for the good in our lives. We sense it. We see it, oh God. We know, God, that you are, glory to God, are doing some things in the earth right now. And Father God, our heart is is panting after you. And so, Father, we just thank you right yes, now Father. for what you're doing. Continue to have your way in us, through us, and for us, oh God. And Father, we'll continue to lift up our hands in the sanctuary, wherever we are, yes. and bless your name. Hallelujah. We give you all praise, and we give you all glory right now, right here. Yes. In Jesus' in name. Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, praise God for the word. Amen. Um, Amen. We're moving onward and upward in God, and I pray that um, you're encouraged in your spirit. Amen. And and we're going to continue to walk by faith, not by sight. Amen. And do those things that God has called us to do, operating in the spirit, because Amen. we're going to win. Glory to God. Indeed. We're going to win. Amen. But we're going to win by doing things God's way. Amen. Amen. And so we're going to continue down this road in this endeavor, and um, we just praise God for it. So we see you next time. Amen. Amen. Uh, Enjoy the rest of your day.